Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores with myself, Stephen Spell. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, myself, Stan Chum, the bearded legende, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 338, and thanks, as always, to everyone who tuned into last week's show. This week, we've got two games to review, and to be honest... I don't think it's going to be a particularly positive show this week, given the performances and the results. But hey-ho, it is what it is. We can't change those as much as we'd love to. So without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our sponsor. Yep, let's do it. So our sponsors are Carol Langley Florists, who hopefully you know by now are a florist. They are here for all your needs. They are based in Chingford and have been serving the borough of Wolfram Florist for more than the last 70 years. They can do anything for you. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, funerals, anniversaries, Christmas, Hanukkah, anything you want, they can get flowers sorted for you as soon as you need them. And hopefully as well, you all know, they offer all those fans and staff a lovely 15% of which is a belter of a deal. So if it sounds good and if you need any flowers, get in touch with John and the team. Give them a call on the phone, 0208 529 4130 or go online and look up uh, their website, which can be found at www.carollangley.co.uk. Or if you're on social media, you can go and find the team. Say hello to them. They're on Instagram at Carol Langley Flores. They're on Twitter at Carol Langley E4. Or they're on Facebook at Carol Langley Flores. So lots of ways to get in touch with John and the team. A great florist, great shop. Go in there, say hello, check them out. Absolutely. So let's move on to the Supporters Club. There's two trips to tell you about this week. Saturday the 16th of December. Seems like ages away, but it's not. It's only a couple of weeks now. We're off to Cheltenham Town. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Coaches are departing the supporters club at half past eight in the morning. That's a £33 adult cost, 30 for concessions and children under 15 uh, travel for just 17 quid. Then on Saturday the 23rd of December, Christmas Eve Eve, we travel to Bolton Wanderers. Big tough tie up there for a three o'clock kickoff. Coaches will be leaving there at the supporters club at half past eight. Adults for this one, slightly more, £39, given that it's a much longer journey. Concessions are 36 Children under 15 travel for 20 quid. And obviously those prices don't include your matchday ticket. You need to get that from the club before you travel. So to book on any of those trips, you can visit the supporters club on a match day, or you can call the travel line on 07507 539 Five seven nine. I would have loved to have gone to Bolton. I've got no chance on the 23rd Stand. of December. I'm going to be in uh, the Kenneth Moore Theatre in Ilford <laughs> watching the Panto uh, on that day. So if anyone's in Ilford, I will see you there. We can talk about what we expect to happen at Bolton. So I've got two pieces of AOB. First up this week, we're very saddened, as I guess everyone was, to see the events that were unfolding during the week with former O's CEO Danny Macklin. But obviously very pleased that everything has turned out Okay, wishing Danny all the best. We've mentioned this many times on this um, podcast. I'm a habit of mentioning it as well on the Fantastical. Like, mental health is really, really important. Mm. It's okay not to be okay. So, you know, check in with someone if you've not checked in with them enough in a while. And if you're not feeling great, make sure you pick up the phone. We're always here to support any fans, not, not just those fans, talk. anyone if talk. they want to talk. Give us a bell. A message, whatever, if you need to. Yeah, yeah, we were very happy to see that, you know, it wasn't great to what was happening with Danny, but the outcome was positive nonetheless. Absolutely. And if not us, someone uh, that is very close to you, someone that you trust that you can talk to, it's really important not to let it get to a stage 
uh, where um, it, it, it can get to. So it, it can be tough. Life's tough at the moment um, and, and um, life is not easy. So do talk um, before you take any formal action. So let's move on then. Um, we've got one more piece of AOB this week and that is the home fixture on Saturday the 9th of December is the Rainbow Laces fixture. Uh, the club will be dropping a press release prior to the fixture and it will be on the community page of the Rainbow uh, uh, fan group uh, website as well. But the 9th of December, that's next week against Derby County, is a Rainbow Laces fixture. Yeah, great work by the Rainbows so far. Keep your eyes open. You might see an appearance at some point uh, <laughs> from yourself, Stan Charms, in the... Uh, in their part of activity we will see the week that was then so let's do it happy Monday 27th of November quiet day at the club no news to report yeah but to who a Tuesday was a very busy day uh, first of all at 7 o'clock the Young O's were in action in the second round of the FA Youth Cup at Brisbane Road they were against Tring FC and the O's took the lead in the ninth minute as Mohammed slotted the ball into the bottom right corner after a lovely backhill from Avgustidis. The O's made it 2-0 in the 30th minute as Avgustidis scored again. Scored a rebound from Duty's strike just before Tring pulled a goal back in additional time as the first half finished 2-1. But two minutes into the second half, Rion Smith-Kouassi made it 3-1. And despite a late penalty being saved by Holden in the 93rd, the young O's saw the game out to get three, uh, a 3-1 uh, and an away... Uh, sorry, a 3-1 win and an away tie to Newcastle United's academy. What a, what a prize that is. So if you remember this time last year, the Yellows got drawn away to Chelsea. Remember this? I and do. We all dreaming of going to Stamford Bridge. Bridge. But it was at Med... Uh, they played it somewhere else. However, Newcastle United seemed to play their FA Youth Cup games at St James's Park. They don't. They do. So... Wow. We're not going anywhere. We're definitely not going to Watford this season. So, <laughs> so if anyone wants to go anywhere... My boy following the Young O's, uh, obviously, ticket uh, and fixture details will be announced in due course, but hopefully they get to play at St James's Park. Who needs Watford anyway, right? Who needs to go half an hour down Newcastle? Yeah, when you go Newcastle. Well done, Young O's. Great yeah, result. Amazing result. Well played. Also on Tuesday, as you all know, the main event as the O's travelled to Bristol for a match against the Gas away to Bristol Rovers. Team was announced at 6.45, lined up with Solbring, in goal, Tom James, Dan Hatpey, Ed Towns and Rob Hunt with Jordan Brown, Idris El Mazzuni, Theo Archibald, Shaq Ford, Ralph you and Aaron Dryden making up the 11. And on the bench we had Sam Howes, Jaden Sweeney, Brandon Cooper, Darren Prattley, Max Sanders, Dan Adji and Joe Piggott. That meant that there were two changes for the O's from the starting 11 from Saturday's Rob Hunt and Aaron Dryden replaced uh, Joe Piggott and Brandon Cooper who dropped to the bench. And for me... Hopefully that meant, uh, obviously writing at the time, that it was a flat back four. I think it's what I've been saying, that I think we need to be uh, better structured at the back. Uh, surprise there's no Galbraith, who's not even in the squad, nor is Moncur. Obviously, again, written at the time uh, of the announced squad. Uh, not sure about that lineup, to be honest. It doesn't really seem particularly balanced to me, but I can't, like, not being a master tacticianer and not knowing the players as well as the, the, the coaching yeah. staff just didn't seem that balanced to me just thought there was a few big calls uh, in that one with a few players on the bench and like you said a few not even in the squad looking at that you would presume injuries more than anything else but logically again, no communication which is what most clubs I imagine that do so yeah looked at it in full not bad um, but at the same time thinking is that the team to 
bring back three points wasn't yeah. sure a lot of tweets when that team was announced actually a lot of tweets looking at it uh, in hindsight Ron Samson 15 he said I cannot believe Richie is still playing Drynan so two of you obviously will play deeper I mean our top goal scorer will be less likely to score not too impressed Steve Chaplin 4 said return to a back four is not surprising following Terry's pre-match comments hopefully this may mean more attack minded approach encouraging to see Ford given another go following his performance on Saturday. Yeah, obviously Shaq Ford coming off the back of that great goal. Great goal, yeah. Against Wigan, Deserved, yeah. yeah. Les OK52 echoed a few sentiments, a few tips we had, just again around Galbraith, saying, why not Galbraith, our most creative player? Yeah, Casey Adams, LOFC, said, unless Cooper is injured, starting Hunt over him is an odd one. Galbraith is class, so again, unless he's injured, that is odd. Not sure what Drinan's done to deserve a start over Piggott. Could go either way. Yeah, absolutely. R. Coral, 1972, said, I thought Piggott and Ford linked up quite well on Saturday, so I'm surprised to see Piggott on the bench, given Drynan. Another go is just pointless. Are we too harsh as a fan base on Alan Dryden? I mean, based on the fact we can only read what comes into us, but not too many people are happy seeing Dryden starting. Obviously, no. he's 100%, but he's, I guess his well-documented lack of goal scoring is obviously playing a massive part in people's views of him. I think that's the nail hit on the head. Okay. Yeah, you expect your strikers to score goals, and he's not really had many, but the ones he has had, he's not put away. And that's obviously a lack of, you know, a bit of rustiness, lacking confidence, all sorts of things. Rush of blood to the head that is once upon a time would have controlled and now isn't. But not, he, he, not being as sharp as perhaps he once was. He must do it in training, week in, week out, because he's always, well, not always, but he starts most of the games when he's fit yeah. and available. And Richie, I've barely heard Richie say a bad word about. It, it's it's a, it's a really good point because it's amazing the amount of people that will turn up to training and look world class and then on a pitch in front of yeah. X amount of thousand people I was listening to uh, an interview that Jesse Lingard did and he was talking about quite a few players at Manchester United who were unbelievable in training and were absolutely bang average less than bang average come Saturday at three o'clock yeah. couldn't put couldn't put his finger on on why but that's not the first time I've heard someone say oh amazing in training but perhaps have a confidence issue in front of a crowd. Possibly. You know what I mean? They are human beings at the end of the yeah. day, young human beings at, at that. You know, we're talking sort of 20s, you know, and, yeah, you'd expect them having the amount of training and the pay that they get, etc., etc. that they turn up on a Saturday and do what they do in training on the pitch and look amazing, but that's just not, that's just not reality. It's just not how it works, unfortunately, as much as we'd love it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie 0081807097 said, Drina must be the second coming of R9 <laughs> in training for this to be happening every week. Led on to that one quite nicely. There you go. Ian Hutchison 08 said, Cooper, not starting is mind-blowing. Been our most consistent performer this season. He got pulled off, didn't he, previously? Because he, he was making mistakes. He and did. He got pulled off. So maybe he just needed a rest? Possibly. Possibly. Um, difficult. Without knowing what goes on behind the scenes, we don't get the privilege of having Richie or... Matt Harrell or Paul Terry on um, every single week to be able to answer these questions. So we have to go with what we see. Len Chin Chin One said, um, tonight's game against Bristol could be a pivotal key to our move up the table. They're a formidable side with dangerous players who require a great team resilience on the front foot going forward with a solid back floor, four and clinical play in the box. Goals will be needed. A win is a must. All right, then. Love his tweets before the match. So it kicked off under the floodlights on a cold night in Bristol. The O's looking to get a win for the first time in seven league games 
I guess let's not forget managers of this Rovers team who mm. sacked Joey Barton a few weeks ago, still being managed by their caretaker. So second minute in, early opening for the O's. Theo Archibald found Shaq Ford in the area, but Shaq couldn't control the ball and the chance was gone. Yeah. Um, lots of huffing and puffing from both sides without really either keeper having anything to do. So we're going to skip now to the 35th minute. Aaron Drinnan played in Shaq Ford. He looked to finish after Amazuni won the ball back, but Cox in the goal was there to deny him. Yeah, shortly after that time, James went down injured, couldn't carry on, so Jaden Sweeney came on to replace him. At this point, you think in the last thing we need is a, an injury to another player, especially someone like Tom James, yeah. one of the more experienced guys in the group. Yeah, and quite consistent as well. 43 minutes on the clock, Aaron Drinnan went down holding his hamstring, and he was deemed but he was deemed able to continue. Yeah, two minutes later, the game uh, got restarted. Theo Archibald got busy with a Rovers player, lucky to avoid a book in there. Old yeah, there was a lot of shoving and pushing there. <laughs> a bit unnecessary, but I guess he was just being wound up. Six minutes of added time uh, went up on the board. In the second minute, Max Sanders came on to replace Aaron Drynan, who wasn't able to continue playing following his injury that he picked up earlier. And obviously we've heard that he's going to be out for a while now. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll pick up on that a bit later. Yeah. Turns got booking uh, in the third minute of added time after he barged Thomas on the right-hand side, giving uh, their hosts a free kick to the right of our penalty box. Free kicks came in, taken by Evans. The ball fell to Wilson, who passed it back to Grant Ward, who took a, a bit of a snapshot, really. He, but his strike from outside the box went into the bottom left-hand corner of Solomon's goal. 1-0 to the hosts. Yeah, real copy-and-paste job from what happened to us. Uh, against Wigan. Poor defending, another goal we've conceded though with seven or eight bodies in the box but he still managed to find the corner. I have to say we haven't really deserved much uh, from this game at all to be honest with you. They probably haven't either. We're not really talking about either keeper making, having much to do uh, in this half and that's not because we didn't want to include it to make a point, it's just because there wasn't that to talk about. Nothing to say, yeah, same timing as well as the Wigan goal, additional time in the first yeah. half and a free kick from the wing so Really disappointing there. And a six minute of added time in the first half, a superb forward ball from Theo Archibald got him into space. Drove into the penalty box, his low cross was poor, easily cut out by Rovers defenders. Yeah, no further talking points. The half was brought to a close by the referee with the O's trailing 1 0. All right, inside the ground, approximately 7,000 uh, watchers of the game, 350 brave souls in that away end. Your thoughts yeah. on the first half? Another poor half of football from us really. Toothless up front, scared of the scared at the back. Midfield don't seem to be supporting the defence or conversely the attack. So it looks like you know it's really open in the middle. We've got to up our game or, or we we risk staying in the rut that we seem to have found ourselves. We've slipped into something here. I, I've said it last week or the week before that something's not right. I I don't know exactly what, whether the players are knackered um, don't understand, don't want to follow, don't like the tactics, the setup's wrong, it doesn't suit the players that we've got. Whatever culmination of any of those things or things that I may have missed, it's just not right. You can see it's not right. You don't have to be a master tactician to see that what we're doing isn't best suited to the personnel that we've got. Yeah, I'm sure we'll come on to that again uh, follow, <laughs> following today's game. But yeah, good points. No changes at half-time for the O's. Bristol Rovers got the half underway Let's fast forward again. 52nd minute, we won our first corner of the half. Two minutes later, we won another corner. Third corner coming three minutes later, but nothing coming off the said corners at all. We've definitely come out looking for a goal and we've tried hard, but these corners were poor. We really didn't make That's three corners in the first less than sort of 10 minutes of the second half. So we've clearly come out with, you know, they've been told off in the dressing room. We've come out, we've forced three corners and done absolutely nothing with it. 
absolutely nothing with it. I think that's quite poor. I imagine that there's some listeners going, we have a set piece coach, why aren't we talking about that? Don't worry, we will come on to the whole set piece coach in a bit because there's lots of tweets about said set piece coach. Yeah. All right, let's crack on then. So, 62nd minute, good move from Rovers as Luke Thomas received the ball from Giovanni on the edge of the box. He nutmegged Jordan Brown, made Brown look a bit silly and then went for a fantastic finish with the outside of his boot. Curled it, passed over him, but just wired of the goal. That would have been like a FIFA goal. Lucky yeah. that one missed. Yeah, absolutely. We're on our, we won our fourth corner of the half in the 67th minute after a good through ball by Shaq Ford set Theo Archibald off down the left. He drove to the byline. There weren't any red shirts for him to really aim for. One, I think, maybe Ruel, but Ruel was well covered by two or three defenders before he was even got a touch of that ball. So, yeah, again, not... <laughs> there's nothing there for, for, for Theo to aim for it's what you want for, he's a winger yeah. he gets deep into their half and crosses the ball the in that's what he does nobody there like don't you want said. him cutting back you want that ball in the danger zone the danger zone is the penalty box not behind him yeah 68th minute another corner 5th corner of the half Theo Archibald shot deflected out for a corner a minute later Idris El Mazzouni had a shot deflected out 6th corner again Nothing happening from those corners. Not surprising there at all. Former Orient loanee John Marquis came on to replace Chris, Marti- Chris Martin sorry, for Bristol Rovers in the 70th minute. Obviously, we don't usually talk about opponents' uh, substitutions, but seeing as how he's an XO, albeit a loanee. Yeah, but I think he's got like one goal, can hit a barn door when he's with us. Although I think we did play him as a right forward. Again, we didn't square, square peg in around. a round hole. Yeah. After that, went to Doncaster and had like an unbelievable scoring record at the same level that we were at. Correct, because he was being played <laughs> in the position that suited him. Yeah. Shock horror, it's not difficult. Yeah, 73rd minute, Collins had a strike. The Collins who hadn't scored in two months, uh, as we mentioned last mm-hmm. week, that was caught by Sol Brin after the O's defence waited for an offside flag that never went up. Kind of almost stopped playing there. Yeah. Played to the whistle and we didn't. And Jaden Sweeney then was then booked for a lunge and he conceded a foul about 30 yards out. Yeah, nothing came from that. Uh, 74th minute, then two subs for the O's as Royal Satori was replaced by Joe Piggott and Shaq Ford came off replaced by the returning Dan Adji. So always good to see Adji on that pitch now. Indeed. Two minutes later, a cu- although with Dan Adji, I think there's such a huge level of expectation that he's like the saviour of our season yeah. and it's not going to work that way. That's just not how it works. I think from a pressure perspective, people just need to... He's not had a pre-season. He's just Good coming point. back. People need to relax and let him do what he needs to do and get himself up to that fitness. Uh, 76 minutes on the clock. A Cox miss, miss kick came to Max Sanders. He fed Dan Adji, uh, but his cross was comfortably caught by a very relieved Cox in the uh, Bristol Rovers goal. Should have made more of that. Lucky. And talking about making more stuff. Could have been 2-0 three minutes later. John Marcus got through on the left. Cut inside. He beat Rob Hunt. He was in one-on-one, but his curling effort went wide and over the far post. Decent opportunity there. Probably the John Marquis of a couple of years ago buries out and it's game over at 2-0, but at this point still in it. Indeed. 82 minutes on the clock now. Our sixth corner of the half, that's I think our 11th of the game, we saw a short routine that came to nothing. Yeah. All right, 89th minute game coming to its conclusion. Jordan Brown got booked for foul on Marquis. Yeah, four minutes of added time and up on the board and Evans tried to capitalise on Jaden Sweeney's miskick clearance, so a bit of a let-off for us there. And then the final whistle almost upon us is Dan Adji was fouled just inside the Bristol Rovers half, got awarded a free kick on the right-hand side. Theo Archibald stepped up, delivery was excellent. Jordan Brown met the ball with his head, headed it towards goal. Cox made a really decent save, actually powered the ball, which hit Kramer and off Kramer went off the bar 
into the net to make it one all. Lucky, take it all day long. I think in the build-up, Hadji does really well to win the foul. And I guess yeah. for the first time at Archibald, delivery is actually spot, spot on. on. Onto a head. Yeah, deserve that luck, I think. Yeah, totally agree with you. And and it's just a bit of luck that we probably did. That game probably did deserve a, a draw of some sort, whether it's nil-nil or, or one-all. But yeah, you take that all day long. Absolutely. Good to see the luck on the O side. However, we almost threw it away straight after. There's a weak back header from Jordan Brown. Fell to Marquis, who was in one-on-one, just to keep it to beat. And for some reason, he tried to chip Sal Brin, who managed to tip the ball over the bar. Should have scored that. Massive let-off. Huge let-off for the O's there. Yeah, but from the resulting corner, <laughs> Bristol Rovers struck the crossbars. They tried to find a late winner. I mean, that back header from Jordan, I don't know what he's thinking. Why are you doing that? In the dead dead, dead end of the game, like the, the back end of a game. Why are you heading it back when there's players around you? Like It's got to go forwards. Get rid of it, not backwards to... Your own keeper, least of all when there's another player, an opponent player like John Marquis there. You know, Bryn did well to to make himself big and 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 deal with that. He did well. I think the header, I think the header was the right call where he was facing, but the header's just got no pace on it at all. Just such a weak header. Lucky to get away with that one. No further talking points on this one. Ref brought the game to a close as the O's snatched a draw from the jaws of defeat to take a point back to East, East, East London. So we're not going to play Richie Wellens' post-match interview from after this game. But it did cause a few comments. So Richie was quite happy with the performance. A lot of people weren't uh, as happy. Obviously, I imagine most people listening have watched or listened back to that interview. It is available, like we said, on the club's YouTube channel. So that draw sees the O's slip down two places to 16th in League One. Now played 19, so almost halfway through the season. Yeah. Unbelievably. Won five, drawn seven, lost seven. A goal difference to minus six, 22 points. Mr. Levy, let's have it. Your views on Bristol Wavers away. Yeah, I mean, look, lots of nice passing around, no real cutting edge to it, toothless in attack, nervous in defence. You know, the opportunity that we spoke about with Theo getting to the byline, putting the ball in and not having barely a red shirt to aim for in there, it, you know, really highlights that. Players don't look comfortable and the usually reliable Idris El Mazzouni didn't look at his usual best. Theo's looked like the only one who really could threaten the Rovers' defence and we've got a lucky... A lucky uh, goal to to you know bring a point back home, so it wasn't completely fruitless. I get Richie's point where he said that he was only looking at the ball in their half, which is great. We've had eleven corners, twelve corners, ten, a dozen corners, whatever it is, and we've got an own goal to take away for our troubles. So I understand where he's coming from, and he's said today, "Were well, you watching the same game?" And I, I was thinking, "Well, I think I was watching the same game as as Dave rather than you because I don't see it the way that you see it." Yes, okay, we were camped in their half. But we've walked away with, at the death, an own goal. Hardly something that I would be chomping at the bit to be shouting about, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm I just slightly baffled by it all and we just don't look right. All right. That's for me, for you? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're 1-0 down in the 93rd minute and you come away with a draw, I think you've got to go, right, take the draw all day long. So if you've got to see it as a point game, really. I mean, I wasn't there. I haven't watched the 90 minutes as a whole, but... Something I did pick up on was, yeah, it was Richard's interview saying he was happy with the performance. Most fans saying they weren't happy with the performance, so it's a hard one to gauge, you know. Do you go with the manager who you probably should go with or the fans' opinion? Well, I, I watched, I bought the game and I watched it. I wasn't overly impressed, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's great that we had all this possession and all these corners. Stats don't win you football games. Yeah, yeah I think that's been said before. I mean, it does sound like the same match played over and over again this season, right? Again, lots of possession one defensive lapse from a set piece go a goal down 
have the ball for the second half. Don't do much. One moment of quality, you nick a draw, nick a point. Just the same over, just repeat, yeah. different day. I guess at least we didn't lose. Absolutely. Well, it, is, it depends if you're half full or half empty the way yeah. you look at it. But point's a point. I think at the end of the day, you respect it. Although, probably a game like that where you go away to a manager's, manager's team, a bit low on confidence. Probably despite not to win it. Yeah, I think. I so, agree. those were our view. Loads of views after this one, I guess, as you would expect on social media. Just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. And these were all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook Podcast Towers Wallace RM1. So, two teams short of confidence and quality, but our passing was woeful. Yeah, Sunshine LOFC sums it out quite well. I said, despite the point, for all the possession and all the corners, we've offered very little in the opposition box. We're not creative enough, nor are we cute enough. However, we got away with it this evening. Yeah, that's good uh, summing up of the uh, match there. Orient Meat Pie said, finally, a decent ball in the first of the night. Archibald was the only one who looks good enough to be out there. I'll take a draw, but we did not deserve this. Still try to chuck it away right at the end. We showed less than nothing tonight. Trousers Techno said, what an utterly dreadful performance. We're very, very lucky to get anything from this game against the very poor Bristol Rovers. And a draw was pretty much undeserved. No creativity, sloppy in defence and midfield. Big improvement is needed if we're to avoid a relegation battle. So already the R word is coming up. I was just going to say, that's probably the first proper mentions of the R word have cropped up in this week's episode. It was the first, but I don't think it's going to be the last time we hear that in this episode. Brian Peanut. So our attacking line is the worst we have had in many years. Needed an own goal to get the point. Another draw against a poor team. We need to move players on in January and start planning now for next season. I mean, something like that is easier said than done. We've got of course. It's quite a big squad. There's quite a lot of forwards on decent money, you'd imagine, and on decent uh, have to move some contracts. So, yes, we will see. Yeah, Gary Talbot7 said, Wellens needs to work out what his best team is if he wants to be looking up and not down. That said, after Wickham, we look lost in League One, so a few points above the line at this point feels good. That's a good point, and if you're Richie Wellens, you're sitting there, maybe listening to this, maybe not going, I haven't had a chance to put out my best 11. I don't know what my best 11 is because my best 11 have never been available. Because they keep getting injured. As an 11. Mm. So, we are, six, we are six points and seven goals different from the last relegation spot. Fleetwood are 16 points with minus 13. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, that can change really. Yeah, a couple of wins. It's a lot of points, wrong. but it's like two games, isn't it? Yeah. I, guess, I guess in respect from a team, and Fleetwood have already beat us this season. So, yeah, Richie J. Bourne, so we almost gifted Rovers a winner at the death. But the big question, Dowell McMahon, he was bought in as a set-piece coach. What's the plan for corners? We never test the keeper. Such a big waste every time. Now, there's a certain mystery about Dowell McMahon at the moment. Uh, around his terminology as set piece coach, we may or may not be speaking to Del McMahon soon on the podcast. If we do, the first question we will ask him is around that because I think that's the question that everyone's asking. What do you do on a day to day basis? I can't imagine he spends all of his time at Orion doing set pieces. It's everything that he doesn't because he's part of which is coach on a match day and he's within that realm of Paul Terry Matt Harold Richie Wellen so it's obvious he does more than the set piece coach but I think there's a bit of clarity that's needed within that because the assumption is our set pieces are rubbish he's a set piece coach so he's responsible for them I think that's probably not really a fair assessment of where he is but we will see we'll see if we can get him on we will ask that question because I think it's the one that's on 
everyone's this, yes. but I'm led to believe that he's not a set piece coach. That he's, he's or, that's, or that's part of his responsibility, but not 100. <clears> percent Absolutely, yeah. yeah there, there's many other factors that that come into what he's uh, needed to do. Um, Kid Samson O said, "We deserve the point. No worse than Rovers, who were abysmal themselves, badly missing Jordan Graham." I remain absolutely stunned that Ethan Galbraith can't get in such an uncreative attacking side. That's another point about Jordan Brown. Right? So Dan Edge and Jordan Brown haven't played in the same orientation this season yeah. and won't play in the same orientation this season, given that Jordan Brown's probably out for the season. So at no point will Richie Williams be able to play, I guess, what his mind is, his strongest delivery. Mm. So if we do end up near the R factor or don't have a great season, then Richie Williams can say, I, never, I could never pick my strongest 11 which I guess yeah. is the way it's going to pan out Orient Fans TV said respect the point unbelievably we scored from a set piece well I don't go anyway got out of jail there whoever sanctioned given a set piece coach role to Darryl McMahon has some serious questions to answer in any other job a success rate like he has you'd have been sacked ages ago Miss Vigaru said time wasting by Rovers quickly backfired we finally somehow apparently score from a set piece <laughs> does it count? Anyway, can't help but think we're in for a tough rest of the season. Aggie could be the factor, but a couple of new faces could help us come January, in my honest opinion. Yeah, the tipping team said, Orient TV is sending out strong North Korean state <laughs> TV vibes from this studio. This is a great tweet. Great, great opening line. I've just watched a performance that would stink out Hackney Marshes, yet the E10 crew has brainwashed me thinking it was a well-deserved point from a team with subtle hints of late 1970s Ajax. Superb. Great tweet. James Eastwood, 83. We were lucky there. Two teams drawing blanks due to lack of quality up top. You don't win games on possession stats. You do with creativity. Richie needs to get Sanders or Galbraith in with Idris and Jordan Brown, or it's going to be a harder slog than it looks from now until May. Think what you said, right? In terms of stats, stats that when you games, you can have 99% possession, but if you don't do anything with it... Don't, absolutely right. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. have that 1% possession and score a goal and win. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie Ray, 72, said defensive errors, lack of concentration, switching off before half-time, added to a lack of creativity, is going to make it a tough season unless we can address these things. Opponents seem to get a goal out of one or two chances and we need seven or eight. I think that's a great point, actually. Great point. Really good point. They can get something out of very minimal, but we take ages and ages. Like we had 11 corners and we didn't do anything with them. It took a free kick very late on that we were fortunate to get because thankfully Aggie got fouled. Lawton Gamst has the penultimate word on this one. It says, lack of a cutting edge is a major concern. Our midfield is pretty strong, but the inability to score goals magnifies occasional defensive issues. Can be painful to watch us at times as we simply don't do enough with our possession, but we deserve the point tonight on balance. And the final word of Bristol Rovers away goes to Lewisville underscore who said some fans need to get grip gone a bit jacket we're on a down spiral we're not as good as last year mate shut up Richie is the man to take us forward Ling's the man to get the squad which he runs the ball and owners are the people we need in place stop moaning nice tweet to end on there very nice tweet I like your positivity Lewis so that concludes the views from the Bristol Rovers game the prediction league update loads of people correctly predicted one all but an absolutely outstanding <laughs> prediction because. from Eastside Orient got four points because Eastside Orient got got the crystal ball out for this one and absolutely pulled it out of the bag correctly predicted one all and an own goal so well done to you we'll do a top of the prediction league roundup uh, at, towards the end of the show after Chesterfield match so, so when I was working out the prediction league it was like half 11 on Tuesday night I didn't get around to it I think I might have been out I can't remember and it was half eleven, and I saw that, and I almost texted you to be like, "I can't believe what I've just seen. Like, I can't believe someone's called this." 
So yeah, well done, Eastside Orient. Mental. All right, Wednesday, 29th of November, Quiet Daily Club. No news to report. On Thursday, the 30th of November, a very happy St Andrew's Day to all of our listeners and Orient fans up in Scotland. Yeah, so the Edinburgh Rose, uh, loads of, we've got, actually has got quite Pure a Monaco, Boatsy, Alan McLaren. Alan McLaren, yeah. Yeah, right. so those fans, and hopefully see you all in Scotland in July for the big away from Hearts. against Hearts. That'd be yeah. a great day. Hope everyone had a great one. So Friday, the 1st of December, the FA announced that the O's and Chesterfield would be represented by ball number 48 on Sunday in the third round draw of the FA Cup and also announced it would be taking place at draw on Sunday lunchtime, meaning by the time we played Chesterfield, we would know who we'd be playing in the third round. Now, I didn't really have much of a problem with this because if you draw your game and it goes to replay, you know in the replay who you're going to be playing anyway. So yeah. to me, that I was never really that outraged by it. There's a few people who were like, oh, we, it makes it unfair if you know who you're going to play for me. Right. For me, it gives you even more of a desire if it's a big team to go out and Massive play well. Massive carrot, yeah, yeah, because you could draw a prem side. Absolutely. Um, so what? Yeah, what? What? An in- as if you didn't have enough of an incentive to win the game. Exactly, anyway, it's an even bigger one. Saturday, the second of December, the club announced the November goal of the month nominees. Aaron Drynan is goal A. His goal against Carlisle, where he's touched it into the goal. Ruel Soturiu's goal also in that game against Carlisle. He picked up the ball, smashed it between the keeper's leg from a legs from a tight angle. Ruel again, but this time against Oxford, where he smashed uh, his hard shot from a slight angle there. Um, that was a brilliant goal. But for me, I think this is the winning one. It's going to be Shaq Ford's goal against Wigan, where he's curled it in last week. Superb goal. Yeah, I think like you said, Royal's goal was both actually quite decent finishes, but if Shaq Ford doesn't win that, I'll be very surprised if yeah. David Blitz isn't giving Shaq Ford a bottle of champagne. And David Blitz, if you need us to do the presentation <laughs> again, mate, you know where we are. Give us a call. I'm sure we can sort out a small fee, a presentation fee, uh, to get that done for you. <laughs> so Sunday, the 3rd of December, everyone knows what the main event was today. Away at Chesterfield, the Danny Webb derby, FA Cup second round and we ran our infamous Twitter poll to find out how you thought we'd get on this one we had 371 votes not bad Decent. not bad yeah. at all 19% of you thought the O's would draw this one 29% thought the O's would lose with a 52% majority thinking the O's would win the game as always thanks for all of your votes on this one indeed at 1 o'clock the team was announced Solbrin in goal uh, Tom James Ed Turns Dan Happy Rob Hunt with the back four Idris Elmazuni Jordan Brown Matt Sanders in the midfield and Shaq Ford Theo Archibald Ruel Satiriu complete that lineup. substitutes for this one Sam Howes Jaden Sweeney Adam Thompson uh, Brandon Cooper Darren Prattley Ethan Galbraith George Monker, Dan Aggie, and Joe Piggott took the last spot on the bench. A lot of subs you get having an FA Cup game. It's like nine subs. Good spot, yeah. Yeah, I was, Three, when I was six, listening to them, I was yeah. like, that's a decent amount of subs you can have. So that meant that Adam Thompson made his first appearance in the O squad this season. Brandon Cooper, though, was called up into the starting eleven just before kickoff due to Dan Happy pulling it up in the warm up. So when I first saw this team, again, hindsight, when the team was announced, make these notes, I looked at it and I was like, right. That's a 4 3 3, and that's round pegs in round holes. Presumption is Archibald's on the left, Ford's on the right, and your centre forward, Will Satoru, is playing as a centre forward. So for me, I saw that and I was like, that's pretty much like a, a starting team, and decent players bring in off the bench should you need it. With Galbraith, Monaker, Aji, and Pickett. So I was like, that for me, I wouldn't be surprised if I. If I saw that team start against Derby, that, that mm. for me that's like a that's an Orient starting eleven, give mm. or take. So I, I looked at it, thought, yeah, decent. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it's a good solid side. Nice to see Saunders back in the side, more than capable of winning this tie. And a strong bench, as you say, with Adam Thompson. Good to see him back for the first time this season. I think it's all really positive, to be honest with you. Yeah, all right. Uh, again, quite a few tweets came into us when the team was announced. James O'Hagan said, certainly not taking Chesterford lightly. Glad to see Thompson fit again. Let's get through this and get that tie with Watford. JB Foreman 002 said, that looks really strong on paper. Hopefully get a good win and it can restart our league form as well. Not winning has become a bad habit. Certainly has Rob JB 1974. So great to see Sanders started. Yeah, so let's move on then. The game was confirmed as being on just before midday because they had an, about four inches worth of snow in that part of the UK uh, overnight. Uh, just before kickoff, as we mentioned earlier, the draw for the third round of the FA Cup was made with the winners of the tie being drawn away to championship side Watford. So teams like bounce between Premier or keep bouncing every like season or so or every other season seasons, between yeah. Premier. So look there for that's decent. decent. Everyone got quite excited about because you look at Watford, you get what forty minutes up the road, round twenty five. So yeah, right, so easy peasy. So everyone's already getting excited by this point as a, and everyone's thinking oh we can beat Watford who are we get in the fourth round and you're like mate <laughs> just a big chest let's do one first. thing at a time and see what happens so yeah already got the game underway cold Sunday afternoon with Watford like we said awaiting the winners second minute after back to back corners for the hosts Oldica had a shot over the bar so their intent was there for Early morning. it's probably worth mentioning I'm sure everyone who listens knows it's Chesterfield top of the National League by a mile it's not like you're going to like a so little a little yeah. small ground this is like Chesterfield built for this knocked out Portsmouth. Knocked out Portsmouth yeah. in the first round. Obviously made the FA Cup semi final. Well, I think of it as not that long ago, but if you remember, they played like 20 years ago, 25 years ago against Middlesbrough back in the day and almost got into the FA Cup final in that amazing season that they had where they seemed to like be amazing in the Cup. So they've had their fair romance with the FA Cup. Yeah. Obviously went to Stamford Bridge two years ago and got a goal away at Chelsea. So the team are, are well Decent. versed in the FA Cup. Well, yeah. Well, they've been tweeting that this is now the third after today. Yes. This is now the third time yes. that they've made it to the third round of the FA yes. Cup consecutively. So they weren't ever going to be a pushover. No, and they're coming into this on a bounce of being in good form. Yeah, they've got Will Grigg up top. They've got some yeah. solid League One, possibly slightly better uh, than you'd expect players at that level. Um, Grigg, yeah. Six minutes later, Max Sanders found Theo Archibald with a diagonal ball. He advanced into the final third. That his low cross was comfortably into the arms of Boot. Yeah, Oldica found some space in the 24th minute on the edge of the area. He took a shot again over the bar. Three minutes later, Banks' header from Mandy's corner fell to Grigg, who had his back to goal on the line of the six-yard box. He tried to backheel the ball towards goal, but thankfully Solgrim was clever. He was alert to make the save. Yeah, well, Grigg obviously decent records uh, at this level. Grimes uh, headed straight at Brin from a Mandeville corner in the 34th minute, so... Not much attacking for from us. Nothing really. Tom James had an effort in the 36th minute. His powerful strike from around 25 yards out was held by Boots. So we're over the half hour mark. We're two thirds of the way through this half now, and we're now just talking about an effort that we've had on goal. Yeah, 37 minutes in. Brandon Cooper did well. He got a toe on an attempted through ball from Naylor, looking for Greeks. So one on there for Cooper. Yeah, 39 minutes now. Chesterfield opened the scoring as Banks whipped in across from the left into the area. Idris El went to clear the ball with his head. But the ball ended up looping backwards in the air with pace and unfortunately Solgrim wasn't able to cover it and it went into the back of the net to make it 1-0 to the host. That goal is on our socials timeline, Facebook, Insta and Twitter. Um, so if you want to see it, it is up there. No chance for Solbrin on that one. 
Literally, as soon as it hits Mizuni's head, it starts gathering pace and is looping up in the air. You just don't know where it's going to go. Right. It's just one of those where you just think, oh, it's not going to go in, is it? No chance for Brid. So really, I guess, shows you the way the luck's going Yeah. at the moment. So Absolutely. one down to the National League leaders. 41st minute, he always had to make a change uh, with Dan Adji coming on in place of the injured Rural Satoru. So again, Adji getting a lot more game time than what Richie, I guess, would have liked to have given him today. I agree, yeah. I think you're right there. Max Sanders had a cross which just missed the top corner of Boots' goal just on the stroke of half-time. Yeah, two minutes of additional time played in this one in the first half. Nothing to talk about. Referee brought the first half to a close with the O's trailing 1-0. 8,232 supporters made it into Chesterfield's ground with 569 of those making that trip from London up to Chesterfield. Amazing. So well played. Amazing. I mean, they've done amazingly well to get the game on. I think we had a tweet from one of the Chesterfield like main, main fan accounts like first thing this morning. Yeah. It was just a picture of snow, snow. saying, yeah. can't imagine this one being played. So they've done an amazing job to get the game on. And yeah, so well played to all those fans that went to shovel the snow, including some more fans yes. who'd made the trip the, the previous yeah. day yesterday, Saturday, to, to go up there and to get down there and to help them to get it on. Yeah, amazing. Although work. I kind of wish they hadn't got it on now. Oh, absolutely. What you yeah. do, what you do. Yeah. Run and ref with GC, tweeted us at half-time, said simply, not good enough. Chesterfield deserved their lead. Not enough desire or commitment. Little quality going forward. I hope we can improve and take something from the game. We haven't won for a long period and we need to get a win to get us going. Bob Slolok's one said, very poor half, creating nothing. Set plays are pointless. Awful. Chesterfield don't look well beaters either but having nothing to beat Moncur please a huge choice to turn to take off a huge uh, a huge choice to turn to take off alright not, not sure I understand any of your no. tweet there but I imagine that's please bring Moncur on I would imagine at some point alright two <coughs> changes for the O's at half time Shaq Ford and Max Sanders were replaced by Joe Piggott and Dan Prattley not sure the thought process there what what they're yeah, Shaq Ford for Pigger, I get, but Max Sanders for Darren? I don't know. About watching the, the game live, I don't know if he was any worse than anyone else on the pitch or what the thinking was behind that to get Darren Prattley on the pitch due to experience, maybe being uh, a bit young. Richie mentioned in his post match yeah. interview that will play shortly. All right, 54th minute in Idris Amazuni drove through the middle, had an effort, deflected off Grimes, which was out for a corner, and from the corner, Darren Prattley sent a header just wide. On the hour mark, Brandon Cooper was booked for a foul on Will Grigg. Yeah, shortly after, Mandeville put a delivery into the area. It was headed goals by Grimes. Solbrin down low to make the stop. Yeah, 68 minutes now. Richie made another two subs as Ethan Galbraith and George Moncur came on for Theo Archibald and Idris El Mazzuni. So obviously we don't talk about everything that happens in the game, but like... The main talking No points. goal for it. Nothing at all coming out of the Oran uh, attack. 71st minute, George Moncur recently on found Dan Adji on the edge of the Chesterfield area. His effort there was kept out by Boots. Yeah, 81 minutes now. Penalty appeals for the O's as Ethan Galbraith's effort towards goal appeared to strike Jones's hand. But unfortunately, the referee wasn't having any of it. He no, said no. I haven't seen this back, but I think a few people said that that looked like a penalty. So again, Quite a few did, yeah. just the way the luck is going at the moment. Six minutes of additional time went up on the board for Orient to rescue the tie. Unfortunately, there's nothing else to talk about. Didn't make boot work at all. Referee blew the full-term whistle as the O's knocked out of the FA Cup by non-league leaders Chesterfield who progressed to the third round at our expense. So a very disappointing day all round for the O's. We've got Richie's post-match interview with Dave Victor. So thank you to Dave for sending that. Four and a half minutes. So here's what Dave Victor uh, caught up with Richie about. Richie, thanks for joining us. Just how disappointed are you not only with the result but the performance? I thought first half was a disgrace. 
in terms of we wanted to come up here. Um, first six or seven minutes, we was okay. I thought we was, we was in control of the game, but then they ran a little bit harder, fought a little bit harder, and we didn't didn't react. And um, we just at the moment, listen, little things are going against us, like Dan Hat pulling out in the warm, like Sully having to go off really early in the in the game. We're having to ask a little bit too much of Dan Hadji too early because he's not he's not ready yet. Um, and obviously we've got a few other issues with, with people not quite fit. But I spoke to the players at half time and I said, try and put yourself and put this into perspective that it's a freezing cold weekend and our supporters have saved up, worked overtime in the current crisis when it's coming up to Christmas and the energy bills are what they are. And that first half performance is not, if not acceptable, nowhere near. And I can, I can, I can take people misplacing a passing, but, but running, fighting, it's, it's an, it's a non-league game. I try to non-league ground where you have to give them credit. They've worked hard to, to clear the snow up, and you have to give credit to the groundsmen. But you've got to fight and scrap in an in away game. If you don't, we had a warning because we beat Paul's with it in the in the in the first round. So I'm bitterly bitterly disappointed. We need more experience in the team. Why were they so flat? Um, <clears throat> so I've no idea because sometimes you. You think that players are, are tired, and you give them days off, and you think that they're flying, and, and you, sorry, and, and, and they're fresh, and you can work them harder. But sometimes it's just it's down to the individuals. You need to drive yourself first and foremost. And um, more than anything, I'm good for our supporters. I'm good for our, the, the owners that we wanted to cut run this year. Um, but yeah, no ways that that first half performed. We give it a go in the second half, and we dominated territory more or less, apart from a few counter attacks. But again, be brighter. Don't just run down the line and cross it. Reverse. Run inside. Play one twos. I thought Monk was good when he come on. So, listen, we need to work. We need to get better. Um, but we need some quality in January. We need some quality in January. And we need some... Jordan Green's been a huge loss for us. And we need some experience as well. How significant is injury to Dan Happy? He just pulled out with his quad in, in the wall. Obviously, probably 10, 15 minutes before the game started. It's not ideal. Because a lot of the, Dan's a big player for us physically. He's... I think what summed the game up is today we concede from an own goal. I don't think in terms of chances did they have many. Maybe one at the end when he was counter-attacking. We had a few occasions where we could slide people in 1v1. Didn't didn't play the pass right. Um, again, our set plays too loopy, poor, really, really poor. I'm not happy. I'm not happy at all. And Moussa Tuiu, is that an injury? Yeah, just he, he's been... And it's another thing we've been... Because our squad has been tested, we've been flagging people in terms of well playing 90 minutes, El Mazzuni playing 90 minutes, Brownie playing 90 minutes, and we're just getting we're just a little bit fatigued at the moment. Um, Sully's been, been carrying an injury for probably since the Wigan game now, so probably be about, about two weeks. Um, so yeah, we'll have to assess him on, on Monday morning. It doesn't get any easier with Derby at Brisbane Road on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not bothered about who we play. I want to see a team that mirrors what we practice and what we work on on, on the pitch, um, on the training pitch. And we're not, I'm not getting that at the moment. Um, and we knew in the in the summer, we knew it was going to be a more testing season than last year. And we need to ride with our average age today was 22. That's really young, really really young. And I know we're coming to a non-league team, but you look at. A lot of their players, you've all got, some of them have got championship experience. If you look at Naylor and Grigg, and I knew coming to the game, the amount of league, league games that they've got in their team, it was going to be a difficult game. But um, we, we work on one thing we have to change because personnel has been changed late. 
And listen, we need to get get back on the back on the bike. We need to put performance in against Derby. I think our performances in the last few weeks, Bristol was okay. I thought Wigan was decent. So it's a home against a huge club. So um, we'll rest up tomorrow and we're back at it. Thank you, Richie. Thank you. So that was Richie Wellens there with his interview with Dave Fitler. So, again, very honest there from Richie Wellens. So, there's no league uh, table, obviously, because that's the FA Cup, which we are now out of, unfortunately. So, Bill Lejande, your views on your way to defeat to Chesterfield? Yeah, I mean, uh, I always felt it was a bit of a banana skin tie for us anyway. Yeah. They'd taken Portsmouth in the, in the last yeah. round. They're doing well in their league. It, it, it should come as no surprise to anybody. Um, that they weren't going to be pushovers. I didn't watch it. It was obviously very difficult to try and do that. But by all accounts, we were poor, creating very little, not even testing their keeper. I think it's disgraceful. And I'm, I, I understand Rich's frustrations and annoyance. You practice something, you set up to practice something in training, and then the players don't then carry that out um, on on the day. He can't change what they do on the pitch particularly because you know there's another side to be played. But. Uh, that, that are also going to try and impose their game and, and it's up to the players to make sure that they control the game as best as they can but I think you know one or two players maybe need to take a bit of a hard look at themselves as well I think that there's you know you can hear Richie screaming at times from uh, you know at home and players just not listening maybe he's you know over overdoing it with the instructions from the from the touchline but if he's not seeing what he's expecting of them then I don't blame him for it so look I think there's a whole a whole kind of review that needs to take place here. The coaching staff in terms of how they're working the players, whether that's right, because obviously it's something's not right. The tactics, whether that's it, whether the, you know, the players need to take a look at themselves and ask, are they doing what's being asked of them? Can they do what's being asked of them? Are they too tired? Are they being worked too hard? What, what actually uh, is going uh, on here? And you know, why aren't the players taking into games what they've been practicing in training because it's now a whole squad situation really um, and like I said last week you know these these issues need to be addressed and they need to be addressed quickly otherwise we're going to get sucked into a relegation dogfight at the end of this season I know that's a long way away and I know that there's a January transfer window but that January transfer window has just become that little bit more important now because we have got significant injuries to key players. And you're right with what you said earlier, you know, we've had Dan Aggie out until now. We've had Jordan Grant in, but he's now out until however long he's out for. Yeah. Adam Thompson's not been around, so we then had to bring in Brandon Cooper. And it's just been, you know, put in, put in plasters. Out. Well, not plasters so much, but we've tried to get workarounds to what the original plan was it doesn't help but I have to say you know to end on a positive well done to all the fans and staff who worked hard to get that game on uh, today as a monumental effort and to the 570 odd fans that made it up from London that in, in this day and age with the train costs at the, what they were and uh, and everything and, and Rich is right you know the fan those fans us fans as well deserve more from that they do I mean you know I could take losing it, it comes with the territory really being an Orient fan but come on players have got to play for the shirt they've got to sweat for the shirt they've got to give everything for the shirt you know that carrot big big carrot today what for the way that's a big old tie we would have sold at least a what thousand couple of couple thousand yeah. a lot of tickets would have, we would have packed that out away in the Watford there's people tweeting before the game saying we haven't played Watford in 30 years it's an easy game to get to we would have given that have been on telly as well account of mm. themselves again should be an easy team talk for Richie. You know, how much do you want it? Let's go and then let's go and get a big tie for the club and go away to Watford and get yourselves in the shop window against a bigger championship club. And again, players have come out a bit like, oh, man, it's a bit cold, isn't it? 
Sunday, isn't it? Don't like the ground. Like, it's the same old. If you if you players don't want to be orient, then just don't be orient. It, it just doesn't feel... I'm not seeing anyone give 100% effort, whether that's fatigue or carrying injuries or whatever. It's just, it needs to be better. And I love Richie Webber, right? He's done an amazing job at Orient. We're very pro-Richie here, but for Richie to go, I, I haven't got an experienced team. Well, you pick the team. Darren Prattley's on the bench. George McCurr's on the bench. Joe Piggott's on the bench. These are all like 30-year-olds with loads of league games and experience. So it's all good Richie talking about them having Will Grigg and Naylor with loads of league games. We've got those players on our bench. Richie picks the team. So it's hard. There's lots of different tweets that we're going to mention. Lots of different fingers pointing at different people. Some people don't think Richie got it right. Some people don't like Link and still think Link has a, uh, an influence over what's going on. People now looking at McMahon going, oh, since McMahon's been him up, it's all started to go a bit wrong. Board have put obviously a lot of pressure on Richie with a cup run. Lots of different things going on. But whatever whatever is happening, and like what you've alluded to, it's just not good and it's not really good enough and again another game where it's almost like press rewind like Richie, like Richie said first half disgraceful second half pretty decent had the ball nothing coming from Chesterfield but again we've gone through that second half for what two minutes I don't think Boot might have made like one save in that second half again we're not bad at their goal their keeper's not had a blinder we've not hit the bar hit the post we haven't done anything same conversation we had last week it's a copy and paste job, isn't it? Same again. Mm. You know, if the players aren't doing what Richie says, then what does Richie do with the players? He places them. Because, you know, we all know what happens to a manager, right? If they don't deliver, that manager gets moved on. Those players aren't being moved on anywhere. So hopefully Richie can sort it out. I think he is the man to do so. I think last week you said something wasn't right. I think the more I hear that, the more that kind of plays in my mind a little bit. So whether he's lost the players whether something's going on don't know but yeah it just doesn't feel right at the moment we've kind of lost our identity I think someone said that and I think I kind of feel the same way about it we don't feel like a Richie Wellens Lane Orient team at the moment whether that's injuries fatigue team talks tactics influences I don't know but hopefully whatever it is gets its way out the door and we move on but like you said fans have travelled up on a Sunday in this weather not good enough for them not good enough players should hang their heads in shame tonight any that are listening so yeah those are our views yeah we had loads of views that are coming uh, they're still coming in as we're recording now so sorry if we can't include yours Dirt Turk kicked uh, this one off so can't actually find the words to describe how bad that performance was it's up there with one of the most disgusting I've seen from an Orient side there's no heart there's no quality and there's no clue Richie has a big job in keeping this lot in League One. Tom Davies, E17, said, not much to look forward to now for the rest of the season. Proper slump. Biggest challenge of one is this time here so far. Occasional one said, I've never been tortured, but that was as near as it's going to get in my, in my lifetime. Mark my words, we won't win another game this year. I hope you're wrong with that I hope one. You're wrong there, yeah. We will see Dan Orton, 2590. All week we're saying this was going to be a banana skin. Says, make no mistake about this. The season is on the verge of falling into chaos and a near-complete shambles. The last two games I've seen, some of the most weak and least friendly football you could wish to see. Now easily beaten by a National League team. No fight whatsoever. No hope. Phil VZ1 said, Really disappointed. I'm normally super positive, but this feels a tough one to take with no positives. Watford away was so enticing, and we go and lose to a team from the National League. Really disappointed. Really, really disappointed. You know when people like Phil are tweeting you and you see tweets like Adam Parks, who's like, a self-confessed happy clapper and when they go this isn't this isn't good enough you mm. know when those people really 
always see it as a half forward as opposed to half empty. Yeah. That it's not quite where it, where it needs, it needs to, to be. be. Yeah. yeah. Alan Reeves too said constant cross every single week. No one fan is surprised about the result. We all knew this was coming. Slow boring tactics again. And I'm not convinced uh, that I'm not convinced about. I wonder who Richie would dig out today. The supporters again, maybe? Uh, Doe Lewis said, need to go back to basics. Players in natural positions, simple formation, simple jobs. Stop messing around and get the ball forward quickly. Well, that's why I thought the formation was today when I saw the 11. I was like, right, I can make that out. It's a 4 3 3. There's four defenders, there's three midfielders, and there's three forwards, and the three forwards playing in their natural position. So I saw that and thought, yeah, be straightforward, but wasn't to be. Tom D. Simmons underscore Tom said, another in a long line of disappointing showings. No doubt Richie will try to cross over the performance. But the sad fact, the fact is that the absence of a consistent goal-scoring threat and lack of creativity adds up to an increasingly disillusioned fan base. I think same before, like this time last season, we had Paul Smith, and obviously Paul Smith had a wonderful season last season. We had Charlie Kelman, who wasn't consistent but very good at doing dirty work. the dirty work to mm-hmm. kind of make those openings for your Smiths or your Archibalds or for your Royals or Moncurs, who was at this point a constant force on the team there's no player really like that now actually was obviously that man but actually isn't fit Graham was looking great until he got injured so it, mm. it, is, it is a difficult one really difficult it is tough Les LK52 said today proves what I've been saying for ages no goals can only equal a relegation battle and boy are we in one now can not see where our next goal is going to come from going to need a window like no other to survive and the manager needs to earn his money now as well I fear for the derby game yeah, Derby, I mean, you couldn't really wish for, a, I guess, a harder hard opponent test. to come yeah. in. Uh, and everyone's really looking forward to January transfer window. It's lit, mate, it's December the 3rd. There's a lot yeah. of football to be played. It's a month away. In December. And obviously, we all know, for the most part, Orient like to do their business very late in the January. It's not very often they, they make a signing on the... It's always like the 27th. It's, like, it's almost two months away, potentially, unless they've got someone lined up already. But I don't, I don't think they will have. I, I, again, I can't see it. Ian Davey five two six eight five two two nine. It's pathetic, embarrassing, gutless. Fundamentally, something is very wrong at the club. Managerial, all players need to change. Tactics and the game plan are wrong, week on week. I have to say, calling for managerial change at this point, I don't think is the right call to make at all. I think Richie's earned the right to yes. to have. A, a lot longer Agreed. things aren't things aren't going well but this is a blip you know we're not in a a major major crisis here and I, I don't think that I think I think and that's not picking on Ian because there's a few people that, that were commented about that I, I think you need to give Richie the respect of, of the rest of this season at least because of what he's done to help us uh, to get to where we need to be you know he hasn't become a bad manager overnight remember most of these players were with us last season they haven't suddenly become worst players overnight although we are playing at a higher level against arguably some better players because not all of them are you look at Bristol Rovers that they weren't much better than us I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm smiling because four years ago maybe five years ago we were sitting here I think it was at mine to the day it must have been FA Cup second round unless it was first round we'd just been beaten at home 2-1 by a team from the can't remember what that like, Tipton and Braintree? Malden and Tiptree. Malden and Tiptree. Carl Fletcher, who we all knew was out of his depth. Yeah. Remember Nigel Travis yeah. phoned us that day and said, Can I come on the pod? And we were like, yeah. I think we said, No, I can't remember why. We couldn't get him on. We couldn't work it. It didn't work. That was a night of panic. And that was a night where you knew what was going to happen. 
like two days later Carl got his kind of march I don't, I don't feel that way at all about Richie Wellens like you said Richie Wellens deserves as long and that ball loved Richie Wellens as well right so yeah, and that, he deserves the chance. He deserves it's the not, chance. He's not, not going anywhere. No, and we're not a higher and firing type of club, regardless exactly. of what some people yeah, may yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. Peels the Doman said a terrible performance, and our threat in the final third is so woeful, it's no coincidence that our lack of attacking threat has developed since Monks has been left out of the starting 11. He is the only player capable of retaining possession and passing to a teammate in the final third. I would imagine George Monker must be near a start. On Saturday, you've got to try something else, right? I imagine I'd be amazed if he doesn't start on Saturday. If he's, yeah. again, if he's not going to start on Saturday, then what is the point of having him in yeah. the squad? Like, I just can't see it. Doll underscore Hooper says, "Not surprising given the form. We're on a poor run, and this is now a proper test for Richie. I've always wondered how effective his style would be when things are going against you. Fingers crossed he can turn it around quickly. Paul McCallum back in January, in the form of his life. So obviously McCallum wasn't TV today, scoring two goals against Reading, as easily knocked out Reading two uh, one." in the FA Cup but again if you get a forward who you know can score goals play to their strengths and again do we play to Joe Piggott's strength probably not I absolutely think not again I don't know too much about Piggott he's a tall guy I imagine a lot of his goals come from his head I think from Orion I don't think he's ever scored from his head from Orion I might be wrong he's got a lot of penalties he's got a good volley against Exeter away I don't think Piggott scored with his head I presume that's where his strong point is I don't yeah. know. And look, Drin, you know, when Drinham was played up top with uh, you know, Harry Smith under Kenny Jacket in a, two. in a two, he was on 13, 14 goals before Christmas. Yeah. I know it all went peak tongue after that. And he's had, but if you play players in their right positions and, and support them how they need to be, it's it's not a rocket science for me. Um, ACW2525 said, Well done to the nearly 600 who travelled. It's a tough game with good opposition and a big crowd. The team tried, but. The Radio Sheffield commentator said that we never really tested the opposition keeper. We need to freshen up. We need a couple in. We will probably stay up. Hopefully you are right. Orient underscore Reds is absolutely fuming. Oh, he's gone a bit Jimmy Smith, hasn't he, today? Not necessarily <laughs> with the result, but with the performance. Lethargic, slow to press, no attacking threat, although we offered a bit when Adjit came on. Players need to take a long, hard look at themselves here. They have let our club down massively. Good point there from Ed. This Jew said, spent money and travelled up here to watch that. I feel sorry for the fans who travel up and down the league to watch this. Need to show heart. And what was Richie Wellens doing with his hands out at the end? It's not good enough. So full stop. I've seen a few tweets like this. Obviously, we only mentioned tweets that come into us, but I saw another tweet that said Richie didn't clap no. the fans. He kind of went over and saw like a negative reaction, I think like a few boos, boos yeah. whatever, kind of stuck his hands out and what? What would you expect? And it didn't clap him. I think if that again, I haven't seen any video content. I can only go based on the tweets that I've seen. Mm. That's poor. If that's if that's the case, I'm, I'm disappointed that that's happened because mm. you know you can't expect the fans to back you when you put in a subpar performance because ultimately the buck does stop with Richie. It's with the players and the management. It's a one. It's not a. It's not an individual. It's a, it's a whole situation. So you know he's always been had a great relationship with the fans. Richie. Yeah. He's always from the day he came in. Like instantly we was like yeah. I need the fan we need to make Brisbane Road a fortress come and help some great stuff if he's not clapping the fans based on the fans opinion where you've lost and not played well it we've always said and I'll say it again I can take losing the game if we've yeah. worked our guts off slogged it out done yeah. the best that we can do that we were just unlucky or we were just outplayed by a better side or a piece of magic has killed us yeah, off of or whatever it is but if they're like you said earlier if they're leaving it everything out on the pitch 
you can take that, but it doesn't seem like we're anywhere close to that. No, not at all, not at all. D Ward underscore seven. This feels like when it went wrong for Jacket. First half tactics shocking. No appetite in the second half, and some players look like they don't want to be here. Is Richie Wellens a spent force who can't cope with League One? I hope not. No. MS Orient said, yet again, the carrot is dangled for a brilliant tie with Watford. A really good draw for the football club that would have generated some funds for January. How ironic the group that turned up today didn't look bothered. Really, really not good enough. Yeah, constant, constant uh, themes in the tweets we're getting. Paul underscore Woolhouse said, we are in big trouble this squad. And Richie and his coaching staff, inability to get them to play attacking football. Martin Lee and the board have work to do. Or we'll be playing Chesterfield next season. Yep, Jolian Travis said, can't believe I woke up at 6am to watch that. There was no pride, no passion, no desire. Worst of all, no ideas. Yeah, hope you're well, uh, Jolian. T. Mac returns, new Twitter handle on me. Says, Rishi was great last season, but that is now a distant memory. Football is a tough game. I think some questions need to be asked about where this club is going. Injuries or not, this is not working. Ben Whitlock, 13, said, I can forgive losing to a non-league team. I can forgive not giving it a real go. Can forgive no dangerous attacks. Can forgive no proper shots on target. Can forgive being dumped out of the cup for another year. Not sure I can forgive Moncur for coming on with short sleeves and gloves. <laughs> Hard man to please. Always giving you quality content on this podcast. And the <laughs> final word this time we go to Charlie underscore Paul. So Charlie, with great tweets. His absolutely pathetic performance. Can take losing, but losing without putting up a fight is unforgivable. We could have been there all night and still wouldn't have scored. Really worried about the next one of games, as all are tough. Could be in for a relegation right. Do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out, not just post-Chesterfield, but post-Bristol Ravers? If you do or you don't, or you've got something else to add, let us know. You can tweet us. We're at Orient Outlook. We're on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. If you're not on socials, we are on email as well. We're orientoutlook at outlook.com. And we are also on Facebook. We've got a page on there where we post everything as well. Uh, just search Orient Outlook Podcast. Yeah, so Prediction League update. We had three correct predictions today. So one to Stephen Orient, Kid Tampton, and our core 1972, who all annoyingly got the correct result <laughs> and three points, meaning that the top of the Prediction League is as follows with Dave Brew 47976911 and Rio underscore Orient top of the league on 16 points, with Eastside Orient and LOC Teresa joint second. Of 15 points, it's getting very convoluted now. 14 points is Paul R. Gregory, and on 13 points, Charlie underscore Paul and the authentic guys with lots more of you guys underneath them in the table, which can be found on our Facebook page. And as always, thanks to everyone uh, for getting their predictions into us. The men's first team were not the only late Orient side in action today. The ladies were in action as well. They were against Regent's Park Rangers and they took the lead in the seventh minute through Katie Hunt, but conceded an equaliser in the 28th minute before going 2-1 ahead shortly after through Hannah Jenks, which is how the teams went in at half-time. In the second half... Crouch Salmon made it 3-1 and Shona Chitate Samuero made it 4-1 in the 70th minute from the penalty spot but before Regent's Park scored two goals in three minutes to make it a bit of a nail-biter. Um, but with five minutes left on the clock, unfortunately, the game had to be abandoned due to unforeseen circumstances and that is all we know about that. So whatever has happened, hopefully there's nothing uh, physical or serious that's happened to anybody there but if it has we hope everyone and everything is okay so we're just over the hour mark an hour seven let's do a quick fantasy football update as we look to wrap this up yeah that's bad boy up so Brandon Pitcher is top of the fantasy football league on 901 points he's ahead uh, of, by Chad Michael in second place by 20 points so opening up 
a bit of a gap. I have fallen to 322nd place because it's a shocking week. But there you go. Out of 374 players. <laughs> it's why I don't play fantasy football. Oh, that's horrible, mate. It's horrible, mate. <laughs> I don't know why I do it. Karen Harrison is still bottom of the league. So come with Karen, you're 18 points adrift. Get cracking. But again, thanks to everyone for playing uh, our fantasy football league. I mean, there's some there's some names down the bottom who, you know, John Macker, our sponsor, you're down there. Super Harry Hebron, you're down the bottom. Come on, sort it out. Paul Baker, who's record blew up, you're down the bottom. Lots of uh, great Orient fans down the bottom need to sort themselves out. Yeah. It's not so, uh, it's not so Waiting easy. Waiting for their transfer window to open. <laughs> positives and negatives then as we, as we move on. So from a positive standpoint, we're through to the third round of the FA Youth Cup. So well done to yes. the young O's there who are heading up to Newcastle United. See you at St James's Park. See you, yeah. Adam, <laughs> and Adam Thompson, good news. Good to have you back in the squad. And I don't know if you listen, but if you do, great to have you back in the squad. Yeah, great time as well. Obviously, he's the Rainbows ambassador and could be playing in the, in the Rainbows match uh, on Saturday. Yeah, great stuff. Negatives, I mean, there could be many negatives. We're going to keep it free, keep it balanced. <coughs> First of all, out of the FA Cup. Again, we're all dreaming of being in that stand at Vicarage Road in early January. But not going to happen. One of the only yeah. grounds in London that I've not been to. Yeah, it would have been a nice. It would have been nice. Negatives were still winless, so I think that's eight games now. I think it's eight games we've been winless for, and also injuries, right? So Omar Beckles got injured. I think last week he's out three or four weeks. We talk about experience and not having that experience on the squad. I mean, Beckles is is one of the most experienced out there. He was captain last season. If there's someone you want on that pitch to lead you if you feel you've got an experienced team. I imagine Beckles is, is one of those players who you would want on that pitch. Mm. Even though he's not really seen much action this season. Drynan out for six to eight weeks. I think the last estimate we heard, obviously he got injured on Tuesday. Happy pulled up in the warm-up today. And Sissou went off injured today as well. So joining already Jordan Graham. And again, it's just been a, a horrible season of injuries, hasn't it? Really, really has. And, it I, and it's, it's unusual, actually, to have so many injuries at the beginning of the season and then staggered throughout. It's really hurting us. Really so let's move on then. It's been quite a negative show. I did warn you at the top of the show. So let's move I feel, on. I feel like delivered though with our nice sense of humour and our characteristic, you know. <laughs> sure. Don't be so downbeat. Sure. sure. All right. <laughs> let's move on then to a positive. We're going to do a hero of the week moment now. So drum roll, please. So there are 569 heroes of the week. Unsurprisingly, the fans who went yeah. to festival. Well done. And you could also add in those that went to Bristol Rovers as well. Yes, all right. Because that wasn't an easy one to get to and from on a Tuesday night either. So well done to those of you who've done uh, put a lot of mileage on the clock this past seven days. Well done to you. Kudos if you went to both. Yeah, absolutely. Which, well, which, which, I'm, I'm, sure, many did. I'm sure there's many who've done both. Right, next week then. Yep. Just the one game coming up next week as we welcome Derby County, one of the biggest clubs, if not the biggest in League One. They're heading our way on Saturday, the 9th of December. The Rams are in sixth place in League One. I think everyone thought they were going to walk the league this season. They're doing all right. They've had some great results and some poor results. They weren't in action this weekend as they were knocked out of the FA Cup by crew. So their league opponents, Reading, were in FA Cup action. Didn't play. But, I mean, that's going to be a full-up, full-up away end. Yeah. Really loud. Well-supported. They've got some good, good players, experienced championship players going to be a really, really tough game. It really is, especially if we don't turn up. They've won four and lost one of their last five. Right, OK, doesn't surprise 12 me. 12 out of 15 Doesn't points. surprise me. No, they're, they're, you know, the form is on their side. I think they on Tuesday night they went to um, Port Bell and they won one. They got some kid on loan from Arsenal who, who literally like, got on the pitch and scored after like two minutes. <laughs> 
course he did. Scored his first goal of the season, yeah. so he's going to be like, well, so he's going to get a hat trick. <laughs> anyway, sponsorship reminder don't forget, get in touch with John and the fantastic team of experienced florists at Carol Langley Florist. They're based in Chingford. You can call them on 0208 529 4130. They're also on socials, they're on Twitter at Carol Langley E4. Carol has got an E on the end of it, or at Essex Biz if that's easier for you. They're also on Instagram to search Carol Langley Florist. And they're also on Facebook. Just give Carol Langley Florist a search. So that is it. That is it. That is my it for us. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for episode 338 in a week of missed opportunities with two poor away performances. So we needed a last minute only goal to get a point at manager of Bristol Rovers, followed by a disappointing performance earlier today at Chesterfield, culminating in a one-all defeat, knocking us out of the FA Cup for another season and waving goodbye to a lovely day out away at Watford. So big few days now. I think honest assessments are needed at the training ground before the visit of Derby County. Fingers crossed for a better performance in that one and a more positive or an outlook podcast from your ever-smiling, ever-positive South Stand chums next week. So if you're listening on iTunes, please go ahead and subscribe. We'd appreciate a five-star rating if you can. Or if you're listening on Spotify, don't forget you can now rate the show. You can also leave a comment on each episode. So if you do get the chance please go and do that. And also drop us a follow on, on Spotify as well. That would be great. If anyone's listening on Spotify, we had a few Spotify-wrapped uh, tweets that we saw people in our kind of us being part of their top five. If you do Spotify and we are worth part of your rap, let us know. You can send us a tweet like uh, Paul mentioned earlier, the Twitter handles. It's always nice seeing uh, what we get. So I think thanks to Orion Ed, I think Dave Danu, and a few others who tweeted us photos of being like within the top five of their Spotify reps. So thanks everyone for that. Yeah, much yeah appreciate really it. appreciate you for doing that as well. Uh, whatever podcast platform you use, um, rate us, save us, favourite us, whatever the options are, we'd be grateful to you. And also it means you get them as soon as we upload them. We're on smart speakers, we're on the Fan Hub app, we're also on YouTube, so listening to this podcast couldn't be easier. But if you also, likewise, if you've got an older relative, a loved one, an orange chum, someone that you think would be interested in hearing about what's going down at the O's, grab their phone or mobile device and download it for them and pass the pod. Yeah, good shout. I think, Paul, you're doing an appearance on the Derby County podcast later this week. So I think there's a podcast called Rams Review. Yeah, Monday so night, I think. if you listen to this early in the week and you need your own outlook podcast fix, you'll be able to hear Paul's thoughts on the O's and get a bit of insight into Derby County. So we'll be tweeting that and posting around that a bit later on this week for additional content. Like Mr. Levy said, we're back episode 339 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you. As always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Yeah.